Welcome to the 90 Minutes or Less Film Fest. My name is Sam Clements, and this is the podcast that celebrates films with a 90 minute or less runtime. In each episode, a guest will select a film and join me to add to our ongoing fictional film festival. Well, usually, today's show is a little different. We are a celebration of under 90 minute movies, and we are delighted to shine the spotlight on director Samuel Bowden, director of the brand new under 90 minute movie, Cobweb. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Samuel. Well, uh, thank you. Thank you for having me. That's so cool. Thanks. I love talking about movies, but I also love talking to people who make movies, especially when they have made an under 90 minute film. So uh, thank you very much. We salute you. <laughs> thank you. I know film runtimes, you know, in a way, it's, it's obviously not the focus of a story, but I was wondering as a filmmaker, at what point do you start thinking about how long the finished movie might be? Pretty, pretty soon in the pretty early in the process, you know, because uh, uh, Cobweb is the fir- uh, it's it's my first project, which is only a common. I didn't write the script, but usually when I'm writing stuff, since the, the writing process, I'm really really thinking about which kind of running time needs that story, or which kind, yeah, you, you know, well, how many minutes needs that story, and you know. Then reality strike, shooting strike, then you edit and everything. But I think that question is always here. And uh, obviously, when the editing enters the process, it's a crucial question. But uh, for example, in Cobweb, very soon in the process, before shooting, I wanted to do a movie, you know, uh, not more than 19 minutes, because for me, you know, it's one of the things that uh, difference, uh, make a difference with TV on TV series, and we used to very long stuff, very long stories. A movie is like more, you know, like a poem. You know, you have it's a gesture. So to be able to be concise, and it's very, very important, and uh, even more in a scary story. You know, if you succeed, your gesture, and uh, you don't need a long time. And I love. Movies under under nineteen minutes or under hundred minutes because it's it's talking to you and you have no more space to lose yourself, you know. And it's an exercise, but you know, some movies need far more time. And I'm in love with The Shining, and The Shining is a long or movie, and uh, I will not put one minute in the garbage, you know. <laughs> it's so, but yeah, I think we think about that all all along the process. As a filmmaker, are you more of a, you know, take things out or keep things in when it comes into the, in the editing process? I am more in the cut side. I, you know, it's not good enough. It's not good enough. We don't need that. We don't need that either. And sometimes I go back and say, oh, okay, we miss a little bit. But uh, what is, what is, what is curious with scary story is that, you know, in the process of a shooting, time is your enemy. You know, you are, it's always your enemy. And when you try to make scary scenes, you have to go slow. It's very important, you know, to extend time. Time is a tool. Rhythm is a tool. And when you're shooting stuff, you have all the producers on the crew and say, okay, we have to go fast. And when you say action at this moment, they say, now stop speeding. Now we take the time. And when you're 
camera is panning, you know, looking for a door, I always hear to say, slowly, slowly, slowly. But when we edit, you have to really pick your moment when you have to slow down and be fast and slow down. It's really, really a question of reason. Fear is a question of reason a lot. And, uh, but I can't help myself when we are in editing process to, you know, go to the essential part and then create life where you don't expect, create a brief where you don't expect. So, but yeah, I put a lot of stuff in the garbage. In terms of uh, you know, your career and, and the length of this film, you, you, you've come from directing shorter projects, short movies, episodes of TV, that sort of stuff. And, and I wonder, you know, is, is the process different when you move into a feature film? Your sort of process as a filmmaker? The, the process is really, uh, what, what is different is really the gesture. I, I, I always think that, you know, when you, you, when you uh, um, I created and, and directed a TV series named Marianne, and it, it was a horror TV series. And what I loved in, the, in that process is that you can lose yourself, you know, because you, the episodes are short, but you finally see the thing as an ensemble of a long, long story, you know. Uh, you, are, you, are, you have to allow yourself to lose yourself in the story and come back, and, you know, you can at, uh, be attached to a character, and suddenly this character is a hero of one episode. And movie. But when you write a movie, I know that, I really think more time before going on the paper because the structure of it, the time of it is so uh, essential and complicated that you can't lose yourself. Or if you decide to lose yourself, it's a real decision because each minute counts. I really don't feel the difference. It's just, I have to ask my question. Okay, this story needs some time, needs some space. This story has to be packed, has to be... so. I can say it's the story which is deciding this kind of stuff, you know. The story leads me on those decisions. Well, a few years ago, before you were born, the little girl that lived there, she vanished on Halloween. What happened? Well, nobody knows. She went out trick-or-treating and she disappeared. It was a very traumatic event for everybody in the neighborhood. And I personally don't like remembering it. Am I going to disappear? Oh, Peter, of course not, honey. No, we would never let that happen to you, ever, okay? You've got your young lead uh, in Woody Norman, who I think listeners would have seen Come On, Come On, um, uh, where he starred with Joaquin Phoenix a couple of years ago, a really fantastic film. He is such a talented actor. How did you cast your, your child star and what's it like working with a younger actor? Maybe he deserves a medal for that because it was, it was, it was, uh, yeah, three, two, two years ago on, uh, it was my first project in English. So, you know, making a movie is 90% communication. So it's complicated. And Woody was always on set and, he understood me pretty fast, so he translated me for me from the crew. He was the one who did that and always understand me. So I I was so lucky to to have him with me. And uh, uh, basically for the for the cast part, it was complicated because of COVID. So we did everything on Zoom. Even you know the first meet with uh, uh, Lizzie with Woody or this kind of the first uh, reading of that, we did we did everything on 
by computers, you know, uh, by by screens. And uh, be- because I, I love to work with actors, and it's my it's where I come from. It was pretty difficult for me, you know. You have a kid, you have, and and you do everything on. So it was very important for us to meet uh, before shooting to to have a very uh, important rehearsal time uh, before shooting. But um, we see a lot of kids, and he was so good. And and one of his power is that he is himself, and he really plays the present. He really takes a thing, reacts, and listen and. He was so young and so in the just place. It was it was it was so cool to work with him. Oh, incredible! I mean, yeah, he's he's a real talent, and so good to see him uh, in Cobweb. Now, we um, when we were talking about the podcast, you know, we sort of mentioned the general con- conceit of this show is that we like to ask our guests to pick a film to add to our under ninety minute movie library. Cobweb, of course, is is in there, and hopefully another guest will officially sort of pick it for the lineup. <laughs> but we we would love to ask you, whilst we have you, Samuel, is there an under ninety minute film that you'd like to add to our film festival you know what there's some of them because i love that gesture and my first pick was uh, say no this one is already uh as already you know when when they asked me oh you have to choose a, a, a movie under 19 minutes every day too it was you know <laughs> every day too i want to talk some right this movie <laughs> and uh said oh you can okay but it doesn't take me so long to to choose just after that Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah, absolutely. I love that movie. That's incredible. Yeah, Evil Dead 2 is such a popular film, and, and it's uh, filmmaker Joe Cornish um, who made Attack the Block uh, picked Evil Dead 2, so he got there before you. But um, <laughs> no one has no one has picked one of the classic Universal monster movies, and actually they're all, I think, under 90 minutes. The Mummy, Dracula, etc. And Bride of Frankenstein's a real... That's a real classic. James Whale directing from 1935 and 75 minutes long. That's a runtime. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and what he put in those minutes, you know, it's so dense. You know, the density of that movie is, is crazy. I, I love that movie. I love that movie for, for, for a lot of reasons. But uh, f- first of all, you know, the aesthetic of that movie marked me, you know, for forever. There is something in that Black and white movie, you know, it's like a um, German expressionism, you know, in at its best. Totally gothic, totally classic. And inside that, there is a modernity. You know, suddenly you see Dutch angle. You, you see movements that are crazy for the time. And how we use architecture of the sets in the frames. You know, the, the set is built for the frame. And that's so crazy. You know, I remember that first shot. The opening shot is a, a pushing, you know, you have a set and then you have a, a, a model, a miniature, you know, and with a big, 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 big window, very high window, just like it's a window, it's more than a, a Tim Burton film, you know, and you're entering, you have a fade in, you're inside with Mary Shelley, that's crazy. What is crazy too is that it's, you know, in the narrative way, I had the feeling that I see for the first time, what is a, a, a sequel? For a, for a studio, you know, it's a sequel and you have a mise en abyme with the novelist is here. I say, okay, I will tell you the rest of the story. But before that, we do a, um, not a resume, we say in English, um, previously, a kind of previously, you know, it's a use, uh, uh, images of the first movie, but it was so crazy. It's so modern. 
and so classic at the same time. I, I think it's a, yeah, it's a great movie. It's a great movie. It sounds like it's really left an impact uh, with you. Do you remember when you first watched it? I think I watched it for the first time very young, um, near the, the King Kong, you know, uh, and the King Kong marked me very hard at this time because it was my, I remember that last, like my first relationship with death, you know, understand that the, the gorilla is dead and I, it's so unfair. And, and then after that, I see Bride of Frankenstein. I say, okay, death is another question over there. It's not at all the same thing. And um, and after that, I I rewatched it five years ago, and I was shocked by the movie. You know, suddenly I say, oh, with my new eyes, you know, I say, oh my god, that movie is so modern and uh, and so iconic. You know, I I can't let myself to think about the end of that movie. Uh, at the end of that movie, it's three men a monster and two men who decide to kill a woman and, you know, make her bring back to life just to make her a bride um, without asking no one to her. It's totally abusive and violent. And that question is so, and it's sad, it's so modern. And you have that fantastic actress, uh, Lanchester, Elsa Lanchester. She has five minutes at the end. She played Mary Shelley at the beginning, but she has five minutes at the end she has no words because, and, and you know, it's so difficult place for a woman and for me, and it's so sad. It's so representative of how this industry treat women since the beginning of cinema. And in five minutes, she changed the, the face of cinema forever. She created an horror icon. Her performance is so striking. And, and you can remember only her, you know, and, and, and her fight. And, uh, I don't know if it was on purpose at the time. I know that Marie Shelley, when she's writing her novel, it is on purpose. And it's different in the novels. I think Dr. Frankenstein stopped making The Bride just before in Scotland. But here, it's so modern. It's so a modern problem. And in a, everything in less than 75 minutes. Man, that's, that's crazy. That's a crazy movie. Absolutely. I mean, you're right. In terms of the, the, the limited screen time and the fact the film is... Coming up to 100 years old, you know, it's so iconic. People who haven't seen the film could tell you what the character looks like. You can sell dolls of the character, toys, action figures. You know, it, it, it's, it's, it's really impressive, you know, the, uh, the impact that those visuals have had on, on society and film fans. No, no, it's, it's crazy. The way, you know, she looks at different plays very fast. And it's something you, you can find again in horror, you know, since a long time. Her eyes... You can't help yourself to think about um, Danny in The Shining or this kind, you know, of innocence, totally scared and, and you can't do nothing. And yeah, it's, it's really, it's really, it's like someone traveling time to do that movie in the past, you know, <laughs> you have something, I don't know how they, but yeah, the, the, that character, uh, yeah, I keep that character in my head since. You make man like me. No. Woman. Friend for you. Woman. Friend. Yes. I want friend. Like me. I think you can be very useful. And you will add a little force to the argument if necessary. Is there anything from The Bride of Frankenstein that has, you know, directly made its way into Cobweb? Any influences or anything that went through your head when you were making the movie? Uh, uh, yeah, uh, from that one and from Night of the Hunter too. 
it's um, obviously the gothic thing, you know. I I I tried with Cobweb to to, to tell a kind of a, a little gothic fairy tale, you know, hide in a pumpkin in a way, you know. It's it's a little bit of what is the movie, uh, what what I wanted to do with the movie and uh, play with shadows and play with the architecture of the house and all those things. I I really pick things on 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 the bride on the well's work, you know, to 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 how you can build your set for your frame, you know, and not the opposite. So you and it's really something you can see in Bride of Frankenstein. The inside uh, the, 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 the inside sets of Bride of Frankenstein are crazy. The the bedroom of of, of Dr. Frankenstein with that big thing head of bed, you know, so big and, and everything is for the, the, the frame. And uh, I, I really take that and uh, in Cobweb say, okay, we have to build the house a little bit too big because we are from the eyes of, the, of that kid. And let's make something just a little bit different, just a little bit weird. And, and it's really something that I, I, I steal to him. And the use of the shadows. The use of the shadows in that movie are, are crazy. And uh, I love to play with this kind of stuff. So what we like to do at the end uh, of our podcast, Samuel, is uh, if, if I could give you a print of your chosen film, Bride of Frankenstein, uh, and a sort of a blank check to, you know, put it on in a movie theater or a venue, is there a sort of a, a fantasy screening you would like to realize, um, you know, in terms of how you'd like to show Bride of Frankenstein? We will, we will find uh, in East of Europe a big castle, you know, going down the, the Dover on the, you know, on the underground of that castle. And have a big white screen and uh, just light a little bit of candles and, and and something like that, you know. But you have to have a ceiling very very high. Yeah, nice. a gothic <laughs> a gothic screening. I love yeah. it. Yeah, I can't let myself to think about that. <laughs> we have to be gothic with that movie. Uh, awesome. You know, we'll, we'll get the audience in by candlelight. Um, it'll be a spooky room. And come with you know uh, horses and thing and just on a in front of a background paint with the hands, you know. And that, yeah, we will be I love it. I think that's perfect for the film and such a good choice. Thank you uh, very much for that. And thank you for Cobweb, Samuel. It's uh, out in UK cinemas right now as people are listening to this. 88 minutes long, listeners. We've got to support those under 90 minute movies at the cinema. And it's really good, actually, you know, on a big screen, very effective uh, horror filmmaking as well. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe on your podcatcher of choice. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, or if you've got a mo, share an episode with your friends. Every recommendation helps. You can contact us on our website, 90minfilmfest.com, and on Twitter and Instagram, at 90minfilmfest. The podcast is produced by me, Sam Clements, and Louise Owen. It's edited by Louise Owen, with sound mixing and additional editing by Luke Smith. Our music is by Martin Ostwick, and our artwork is by Sam Gilby. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. We're a proud member of the Stripped Media Network.